Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Welcome back to Talking Baseball. We have everyone's favorite umpire back on the show, Dale Scott. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. My name's Jimmy. I got Jake right next to me. We got Trev back from his Father's Day excursion. And we have an interview with umpire Dale Scott, reoccurring guest. Not the second ever, Trev. You asked that at the beginning, and Jake was like, Flaherty's been on three times. Yeah. 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 It's okay. It's okay. Whatever. It's okay. Don't worry about me. But um, June is Pride Month. Dale Scott is the first openly gay umpire in Major League Baseball. So it felt like a no-brainer to hear his story. We wanted to ask all these questions and everything last time, but as you will tell by this interview, we can get lost in the weeds pretty quickly and just start asking umpire questions. So, I mean, you guys got anything before we roll it besides he's awesome? He's great. I mean, we could yuck it up with Dale literally all day about anything. I mean, we we, we hit... Pac-12 football right at the end, and I think we could have done an hour on that pretty easily with Dale. So um, he's great, and yeah, I mean, there are so many more questions I want to inquire about. Like, you know, does he, you know, does he want MLB to put him on a platform more? Like, I don't know. Like, we there's we all had eight more questions we could have asked, and Dale will be back. And I know you guys enjoyed him last time. Enjoy him now, Trevor Plouffe. Yeah, I mean, he's great. He's easy to talk to. He's like an interviewer's dream. Comes on, yeah. you ask him a few questions. It's it's easy with him, so I can tell that yes, he will be back on. I'm really upset. I doubled down on the reoccurring guest thing. My bad. It's all right. It's all right. All right. Here he is, Dale Scott. Wow. We are rejoined by essentially our fourth co-host, Dale Scott. <laughs> Dale, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me back. Yes, Dale, we had so many stories last time you came on. Our audience loved it. We have a ton more stories. Want to do a little Pride Month talk and and that other side of your story that we haven't we didn't get to touch on last time because I feel like you have a million stories. I was researching for another show yesterday and your name just casually came up in the article because you were the umpire behind the plate for a uh, no-hitter loss. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, that was at the old Comiskey Park last year at Comiskey. Uh, Andy Hawkins uh, for, the, yeah. for the Yankees, yeah. and Which is rarer than a no-hitter win. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I believe it was like a, a drop ball in the outfield and three runs scored, something right. like that. In the bottom of the eighth. The White Sox scored, th- I believe, 300 runs in the bottom of the eighth. Hawkins, uh, uh, or the Yankees came up in the ninth, didn't, you know, didn't score, game over. So Hawkins threw an eight-inning no-hitter. And that winter, they just, whoever they are, decided that uh, to throw a no-hitter, to qualify for a no-hitter, you have to pitch nine innings or more. And he only pitched eight. That's pretty bizarre. Sounds like baseball at work, yeah. Yeah, they were probably, this guy's sullying the record. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what a jerk, throwing a no-hitter and losing. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, in this, that might have been Manfred. He might have been back. Then. <laughs> oh boy! Oh. Did he have something to do with it? Well, Probably. it was it was 1990, I believe, or 91. So, uh, 20 year old Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's easy on Uncle Allegedly. Uncle Bobby. Yeah, go easy on Bobby Manfred early. We're baseball's back. We're happy. We're happy. Oh, okay. And uh, the other thing that was going around today, Dale, was well, and this was Jason Stark. I think his article, but he said. There could be a perfect ge- in theory. There could be a perfect game this year, and a losing pitcher with the runner starting on second rule. Have you? Uh, well, a that was just kind of going around Twitter a little bit, but I don't know. Do you do you hear something like that and get excited from like a umpire historical look that we we might see some crazy stuff this year, or do you maybe have the baseball truest come out that you're like, get that runner off second base? Well. You know, to be honest, you know, we don't get paid by the hour. So anytime we can shorten the game <laughs> um, is probably a good thing. You know, I think this year for everybody involved, it's just it's just a bizarro year, obviously. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the short uh, uh, season, the, the special rules, uh, uh, the, you know, the tra- I mean, everything is just bizarro. So I, I, I you know, I haven't uh, talked to the last few days well, since they came into agreement with a couple of the guys that I keep in contact with. But uh, I know they're you know, they're itching to, to work and to get back on the field. Um, but I haven't really gauged how, and, and I haven't really talked to him about some of these special rules, which I'd like to uh, just to get an update on what's going on. But yeah, I, I just think it's really tough to judge this. We'll see how it all plays out, but to, to how to judge this season with anything else. I mean, it's just going to have a lot of, uh, you know, that was the COVID year, you know. Yeah, it will. It'll have its own flavor to it until it goes far enough away from it where people will forget. And then there'll be a small few that remind him. No, that year was that year was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we joked before we uh, hit record about there's no arguing allowed. So do you think umpires are rejoicing all well, around? <laughs> you know, I've been lobbying for that since uh, my first game in 1975 <laughs> when I was 15 years old. Um, you know, a funny thing about arguing, quite frankly, is there's a lot less of it now anyway because of replay and stuff, and that's really changed how you know, relationships on the field, you know, with, with uh, contra- uh, confrontations and that kind of stuff. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see when a guy just doesn't like a strike three column or something that doesn't, you know, he just snap a little bit and, and uh, uh, you know, get in the guy's face or something. I, 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 I think baseball is really serious about, you know, obviously the umpire will, you know, eject him or whatever, but I, I think a fine, maybe not a suspension, but I, unless he really goes goofy, but I, but I definitely think the fines might be up a little bit because I really know that, you know, they got to, they're baseball. Like we know is on thin ice right now anyway, with this disease, because we have no idea what this virus is going to do. And we have no idea how it's going to wreak havoc. Hopefully not on, on this upcoming short season. But uh, I, I certainly know that uh, getting in a, an umpire's face or, or that type of thing that, that really could be a, a something that, that spreads this thing is really going to be discouraged. So I, I, I'm, a, I'm assuming the fines will be pretty hefty. I'm, I'm just, I'm just picturing in my head right now. You know, Dale Scott behind the plate. I'm hitting. You ring me up on a, on a, a tough third strike. Where's the right just, call? Like, lay my bat down, mark it, lay it down again to get the six feet, and then we could just argue all we want. <laughs> right? Is that, you go. think that's what's going to happen? Like arguments that cross the diamond? Like, well, you know, people are still going to be upset about sure, calls. Sure, you know, it, 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 there's the human element there. You know, and and that's, I mean, that's a really good point. I mean, I, you know, let's say you, you know, you call a guy out at second, or you, you, or you do something, that, and a guy might get up, and he, you know, he might be 
enough aware enough to not get close, but just, you know, start it up, you know, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I don't know. And there's going to be no fans. So you're going to hear everything <laughs> no, no, the guys are saying. And the guys like Jimmy here are going to take yeah. all those clips and just, oh, man, you're going to have a field yeah. day, John. Yeah. This could be your make-a-wish day, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be awesome. You I'll, need a lot more savages in the box, Rance. Ass hey, in the jackpot. Yes, I was going to ask about ass in the jackpot. Uh, who was the umpire with Noah Syndergaard? And, that was we had, uh, Tom Hallian. Is that a is that a phrase? <laughs> is that a phrase? <laughs> is that a phrase umpires use, or is that just a Tom Hallian phrase? In the jackpot. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. That's the first time I ever heard it. <laughs> okay, me too. Okay, us okay. too. Us too. I us think too. that's a brand new phrase. Yeah, but but but, I, but very effective. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> I, I like it. If I was still yeah. working, I'd probably you know integrated it a little bit yeah. steal that one when you when you see like that rant and and like Aaron Boone with the you know our guys are savages. I, I had a lot of people, Every anyone who ever had an opinion on that video, I saw it because they re- responded to the, the video that I posted. And it was actually a lot of umpires that were like, that was a good one. Uh, he was kind of uh, a little respectful while also being <laughs> an asshole. Yeah. Um, do you have, Do you remember that uh, enough to have like a, an opinion or your thoughts when you first saw well, it? Well, I, I haven't seen the clip in quite a while, uh, but, you know, that's kind of that's what what we got to do, we, you got to be firm in, in what we're doing, but you still are, you know, you're still trying to be professional and, and, and respectful of the situation. It's a lot easier said than done sometimes because, uh, you know, Trevor knows uh, the emotions boil up the guys get angry. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they are absolutely 100% angry at, you know, at me, the umpire, other times they've, they've been, you know, they're one for 25 and they're, in a, you know, and they're just, they're just frustrated as heck. And, and I, I happen to be the outlet, which is a lot cheaper than a psychiatrist, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I love that you, I love that you recognize that because, and I feel oh, like yeah. most, most guys do recognize that um, because that is a feeling that I felt. You're just frustrated. You want to sure. do anything to get a hit. Then you feel like you maybe got cheated out of a strike. You know, you got yourself into a one, two count instead of a two, one count. That's when you get frustrated and it's, it's a good thing that umpires, obviously they would know that, but there are some guys that maybe they're frustrated too. Those two combined. I don't, like I said earlier, this is going to be a very interesting year for all of that. Right. Just because I, I do believe there's going to be suspensions. If a guy gets into an umpire's face, they just can't have that. So the way to, to counteract that is to lay a hammer down on the first guy that does it. Right. Well, exactly. And, and, and that's a good point. If, if it happens, you know, the first time it happens, uh, I, lay pity on the poor soul because he might be the set the you know set the example but you know it's, it's funny you talk about that trevor because baseball is a very frustrating game i mean obviously uh, uh you know you you're you you uh are not successful at bat way more times than you're successful um you know it, it and it's it's a different type of frustration but at the same type of thing with umpires i mean you you you're on the road for several weeks you haven't been home you haven't had an off day or your off day was a travel day and you, you know, you didn't really get to enjoy it as hot and, and stuff. And, and you try not to have any of that affect you, but you're human. And sometimes, and then, and then when you get what you might on our side might feel like was an unfair comment or unfair uh, type of thing. And it, it, it can trigger, uh, you know, a frustration on our end also. And to be quite honest, uh, sometimes you can be in a slump as an umpire. I mean, sometimes you just, 
I mean, I, I remember my second year in the big leagues in, in, in 87 and it was my sophomore year, so to speak. And it was, it was my toughest year, no doubt in my whole career, but it seemed like not only was I struggling, it seemed like every weird thing happened to me, the obstruction call, the interference <laughs> call, you know, the stuff that you don't see all the time. I was getting them. And, and then, and, and they weren't believing me much anyway. And then I throw in an obstruction or something, you know, like, you know, who, who, what's going And that, that was a very frustrating year for me. And I just said, every time I walked on the field, I just had to try to, to blank that out and just say, you know, it's, again, it's a new game. Let's just, just, you know, approach this this way. But there are times where, you know, that season's a marathon, maybe not so much this year, but a marathon. Yeah. And, 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 uh, you know, there are, there are times where, you know, I'll have, you know, I have, I'm working the plate every fourth game and boom. And I, I have three or four or five plate games in a row, just, just nails and just everything's going smooth. And then one day I'll walk out there and for no apparent reason, I'm not seeing the ball very well. Um, you know, and, and, and suddenly you're missing a couple of close pitches and you go, and now you're, you're pressing. And of course guys are getting a little frustrated. It happens. And, and, and you try to get out of that as quickly as you can, but, but it's, it's a very, very frustrating game for everybody out involved. That's that's funny, man. Because it there's the old baseball adage, you know, like say a third baseman's having a bad day, like uh, here here you. comes the next one, and like the way you're saying it, that's kind of the same thing with umpires. Like, oh, here's rule point four point seven B, and here comes thirteen point one three. I mean, does it it feels that way? Well, you know, you know, there's there's you know, in the course of a, I mean, how many instructions do I call in a season? I might have three maybe uh, you know maybe i mean some seasons you don't have any um you have a few more interferences catcher interference or or runner you know a, a base running interference or something but they're not they're not normal they're not they're not every day you're going to have an obstruction or that kind of stuff and so a lot of times when you have a a different type of ruling that you don't see all the time first of all the players aren't quite sure what the ruling is or, or what the rule should be the, you know the managers i remember one time uh uh, Milwaukee manager, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, he was a bench coach for years and years and years. I'll think about it. But he, he came out, we explained the rules to him, and he goes, I have no idea, so I'm just going to go with you. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, it was like, I, I would argue, but I don't even know what I'm arguing. So I'm just going to yeah. go. <laughs> just go. Um, but, but, but when you have those types of things, if, if you're, if, like I was talking about my sophomore season when I was struggling, when you have those kinds of things, it, it, it just piles on. It's just like, of, of the four of us out here, I'm the one struggling, and I'm the one that has the obstruction. Why is that happening? You know? <laughs> and so it's it's, but but again, like a player, and I think we might have talked about this last time. You have to, if you make a mistake, you, you it's gotta you gotta have a short memory because you got another you got another play, you got another call, you got another pitch, and and you can't dwell on that because you know here comes another one. Let's go, you know. So uh, it's a, it's very mental. I thought of a question. I th I don't want to forget it, so I'm just gonna, okay. It's no segue. I'm just changing subject now. Did you is your strike three call natural, or did you practice it and Ooh. develop it? And did your strike three call change from rookie Dale Scott to veteran Dale Scott? <laughs> uh, it it it, uh, it it was not my rookie uh, Dale Scott strike three. It evolved. I think I think the strike. You know, I well. I'll ask you a question, Trevor, in just a second, but uh, it evolved. And I think it was really about, uh, I started 86. I'm, I'm thinking it was right around uh, early nineties uh, that I really started settling into what I, what I did the rest of my career. Um, and I had, I have had, it's, it is amazing from umpires around the country, you know, a, a, a 
college, high school umpires and somewhere to do camps and clinics and talk to people. Um, one of, you know, probably 70%, 80% of the time they mentioned, I loved your strike three call. You had the greatest oh, strike three call. Wow. <laughs> and so, and so when you hear that, you just, of course, stay with it. Now I was going to ask you, Trevor, though, do you, do you guys laugh at some of these, uh, different, uh, or, or even notice some of these different, uh, strike calls and strike three calls that guys have? Yeah, I mean the the obvious one is who we mentioned earlier, Tom <laughs> Halley, and he does the you know the cyclone, oh my whatever goodness. it is. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. I, the, I, go ahead. The first time, the first time he does it to you, you're like, <laughs> deserve, what did I do to deserve that, Tom? Like, I'm already mad, you know. Like, why are you, don't don't show me yet, but whatever. But then he just realizes it's like hilarious, and now, or towards the end of my career it's like tom's behind the plate boys come on come check this out make sure you get a good view of this our classic he has a classic i i hurt my body hurts every time i see him do it uh you know how he twerks himself and and, and everything um i mean i've had a couple of players throughout my career say my number they're coming up their first about to go my number one goal is for you not to because I would punch, I would punch. They go for my number one goal today is for you not to hit me in the face you know, <laughs> yes, I'm up. um but, but to answer your question, that, that, that wasn't uh, necessarily natural. It just kind of evolved to that, you know, a little combination of watching other guys and what felt, well, felt, you know, what felt good for me. When you called balls, did you, was it just said nothing? Because Jake and I both like what I'm go, no, that's outside, <laughs> or, or that's high, and you can hear him say it. And also that's love kind that. of a question for you, Trev. Do you like that? Love that. Yeah. I love when you – I mean, because – you're going to ask that question anyway. Either the catcher's going to ask it or the hitter's going to ask it. You know how much we talk. I'm like, hey, Dale, like, where you got that one? Right, Is right. that, uh, you know, a common question a hitter will ask um, an umpire? Is that it? Is that the edge? Like, right. you going any further than that? Right. And that's kind of like a little mental uh, warfare there. Good, like, hey, you yeah. called that one. I think that's the edge. And if you say it's the edge, then I know <laughs> you're going to do your damnedest yeah. not to go past that's that That's good. Again. That's good. Yeah. yeah. you got to ask those type of questions. You know, now you, I'm – I'm looking at. I just I just googled the the Dale Scott hammer call. It's a step back. Yeah. Oh to, yeah, drop to step. To clear the air, and then it's a oof. Yeah, you've got to take the step back, or it's not authentic. It's uh, really nice. <laughs> it's a nice one. Um, but uh, you're taught in umpire school not to not to give direction uh, directionals on on the, on, the, on a ball call. You just it's just ball or ball one, right. ball two, whatever. But it's like Trevor. So in, 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 in the real world, uh, you know, it's not a, an obvious ball as you don't have to say a lot of times I wouldn't even voice them or, or I'll voice them very lightly or whatever. But, uh, but the ones that are close that, you know, ball that's out, you know, and, okay. and, and just let the catcher and, 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 and hit or no, because I won't necessarily yell at everybody else, but, it, but, yeah, it, yeah. but it's because I know they're going to, they're going to ask anyway, one way or the other. Yeah. Mm. I like that. That was good. There good was question, there was one. Jimmy. Thank you. There was. I, I had something that was segued in the conversation no. we were having. No, I, I took um, over that. And and we, it was actually part of our because conversation. last time we talked to Dale, I had so many questions I forgot because I had them. Well, and I I'm forgot. sorry. I, I also you can have borrow a my computer too, if you. So like. you can go first. Well, Jakey. this uh, this is a double segue because this is from our conversation last time, still seg- and it's still what we're segueing. so that's a double segue. You know, um, I've had concussions, so I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, we it's the umpire travel. We talked about it last time a little bit, and uh, you know, people kind of don't understand the the rigors of that. And now that's kind of been the big topic around this baseball season. I mean, we're we're realigning divisions and the schedule and everything. Have you heard anything on the umpires front? Are they staying? 
regional? Well, uh, because that I, would make sense, right? I, again, I haven't heard it since they finalized it, but I, I talked to uh, uh, Danny Isonia, one, one of my, you know, is my best friend in, in the game, and we worked ten years together, which was over 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 twelve hundred games together, which is amazing. That's um, awesome. But uh, uh, they were talking about for the umpires, they would stay wherever the visiting team is staying. That hotel, they will stay at that hotel, which is uh, isn't normal during the season, during the regular season. We usually don't stay. Uh, we, we do once in a while, but we usually try not to stay at the, at the visiting team hotel for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, so, so for, for this year, I heard that they're going to, they would like them to be in the same hotel as the visitors. And, and, you know, they, they, you know, they're, they're, they're quarantined also. I mean, they're not supposed to be going to a game and then, you know, hit a couple bars and, you know, and then they go out and, 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 uh, and, you know, to, to get a lot of room service, <laughs> um, and, and, and that kind of stuff, it's going to be very, very strange. I mean, I, I'm, uh, you know, if I was still working, it would, it would be a, you know, just like the, like the players, it's very, it's very tough to, to be shackled like that i mean so to speak you know i mean you understand why you get you get the, the whole reason and you understand the whole uh what could happen but uh it's just going to be so different uh, no fans in the stands you know the, uh, you know it, it's going to be very strange it'll be you know it'll be great to see you know for fans that sit and, and, and can turn on a game and, and watch it and finally get some live sports and baseball and that that's all great but uh but it will be different Yes, it will be different. No doubt about that. And I mean, this is something for a different podcast, but I'm hearing they're not uh, releasing the blackout restrictions for local people. You can't go to the games, but you also can't watch them. How, what are we doing MLB? Whoa, yeah. that doesn't make any sense. It I makes mean, zero sense. The whole, the, the, I don't want <laughs> the whole reason you black out is because you don't want it to affect ticket sales. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I mean, unless they're sold out or whatever, but yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't get that. But okay, Man. I have a question I've been waiting to ask. I gotta <laughs> hear the answer, Dale. What do you got? It's about the equipment, because okay. when okay. I think about umpires, a lot of us go back to the big, burly chest protector that you're holding like this. First, did you ever wear one of those? No, that was an American League thing. The outside protector. Uh, it was grandfathered out the last time it was used. Uh, Jerry Newdecker used it, and he retired in 1985. Is that okay? So you didn't use it, but I, did not. I feel like that protects you more. Or here's, is it just such a nuisance to hold it? Is that why they didn't want to use it anymore? Here, here's the here's the problem with that. It, it it was great for protection, absolutely, and much better than than mm -hmm. what we have now. But you had a tough you had a tough time getting down to see the pitch. It, uh, you, 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 it, when 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 guys worked the outside protection when the American remember uh, it used to be the American league was a high ball, you know, high strikes. They call it high strikes for the national league were low strikes. That, that, that's interesting. Now, you know, we've been, both leagues have been together for since 2000, this, and, and, and this, this all, this, uh, uh, high strike, uh, American league being a high strike all started because of the outside protector. So this is what was, uh, the reason why is with the outside protector, they would sit up right above the catcher's head. Uh -huh. Right behind the catcher above there, which, by the way, is a terrible place to be for concussions and stuff. Uh, but of course, back then, ah, so uh, <laughs> so they would have, uh, and so they're much higher, and their perspective—they're right in the middle of the basically of the plate, but they're much higher, and so they had a tendency to call the higher pitch in, in the zone and not the lower pitch. 
the National League always had the inside protector, and they would be in the slot, which is in between the hitter and the catcher, whichever side the hitter's on. And, 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 and you have a little bit different perspective of the plate. You're in a much better place as far as concussions in the slot, but you have a much better perspective both on the high and low pitch, where, where otherwise it used to be the high pitch. Um, so it, it, was a, it, was, it was a great protector um, as far as that goes. It, after the you know, ball's hit, it's a pain in the rear because you got this thing, and, and, and the guys are really yeah. good at, at taking the mask off and pin it up against their uh, side. And, you know, they were taught that and all that. I never had to go through that, but they were very good at it. But, it, but, but the bottom line is it was kind of bulky and in the way um, once the ball was hit. Uh, but but the main reason was because it just you just weren't seeing the strike zone as well as you should. Okay. Uh, and then I wanted to go off of that and ask about the helmets. Why you know I, I've asked qu- uh, catchers this question a lot. You know a lot of guys wear the old school face mask with the batting helmet. Uh, some guys have converted to the hockey mask. Did you try different ones during your career and, and find one was better suited for you? Or were you always, uh, I'm, I'm looking at your video now and you have just the regular face mask. Right. The, 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 you know, the, the helmet, uh, didn't even come around and I'm not even sure when, but I was well into my, my career when they, it was like the early two thousands. Was yeah. the okay. big yeah. like, hockey was Yachty the first guy to do that? that I don't A lot of people did. And then it fell out of favor pretty fast as well. But the as far as umpires wearing the we call it the bucket, you know, with the, with the face mask and the helmet. Uh, I tried it one time in spring training. I didn't even try it during the game. I just one of the guys had one, so I put one on, and immediately I said, "I can't. That's not me." I mean, I, I I'm a sweater. I would have been on hot yeah. days. I would have I would have blown Cause you up because do, you don't take those off. Well, you know, the other ones you can move and do correct, easily. Correct, and and yeah. and but the other thing is, um, you know, for example, the concussions that I had that that eventually forced me off the field, I don't think the helmet would have any difference whatsoever because now on a, on a backswing every once in a while, an umpire will get hit. It's rare, but it can happen. The helmet would be very nice for that. But, but you know, those shots into the mask and stuff, you know, the helmet, in fact, I don't know if this is true, but if you're, if you're in a helmet and, and, and you have no place to go, you're, you know, maybe you're, you know, your, your, your yeah. reaction from the foul ball or whatever is, is up against the helmet. I'm not sure if that's good or bad, but the, the, the point is I tried it. It wasn't for me. And it's, it's, yeah. it's totally umpire option. To uh, go off the equipment questions. I believe last time we had you on, I read that when red became an option for umpires, you were one of the only umpires that wore red. Yeah. That's a funny story. I, uh, in uh, 19, I believe it was. Yeah, uh, when was this? What it read? Yeah, it was. It was for five years, uh, and only in the American League. Um, uh, they had we had we had uh, dark blue shirts or a red shirt, and the guys, <laughs> the, the National League called them bowling shirts. You go, are you gonna wear your bowling shirt? You know? <laughs> um, and none, none of the guys liked it. And, and I worked with Dave Phillips, Rocky Rowe, and Derwood Merrill. And Davey was the crew chief, and Davey and Rocky hated them. So when I every time I had the plate, if it was warm weather, I, I would put on red just because they would have to put on the red just to just just, just to piss them off. And 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 and, and you know, and they, they would they you know, red. You know, they would wear windbreakers sometimes when it was still warm because they didn't have to wear the red. You know, it was like wow. Uh, but that's the whole reason. I, so every time I had the plate, unless it was too cold. I wore, I, I started wearing the red shirt. It was almost like a, a, a branding or a marketing thing. Is the only other guy in the American League that did that was Daryl Cousins uh, behind the plate. So, you know, if you're channel surfing or a game come up or some uh, highlights, uh, 
uh, if you saw a red shirt, you almost automatically knew it was either Daryl or, or myself. And there, but it all started to, 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 to just to, to get at those guys. And Rocky Rowe, <laughs> Rocky's a funny guy. You know? A lot of times when I had the plate, he had third base. So I put him in the red shirt, and Rocky was kind of the big guy. He's lost a lot of weight since then, but he was kind of a big guy. And he goes, I hate that red. Every time I have to rotate to second base, I look like a human blood clot. <laughs> i just pulled up a picture it looks nice it is kind of jarring in my brain i've never i've never seen that. it yeah. yeah i was the only umpire to wear a red shirt in the world series game three 1998 wow. uh, uh yankees at padres uh, that's a red shirt that's how you get yourself some bullet point like claim the fames right there. <laughs> that's right that's, that's right smart Speaking of, this is kind of where we wanted to have yeah. you on. It is oh, Pride okay. Month. Well, and I was just yeah, going like... to say, being a gay guy, I've got to wear the red. Hello. I mean, it's, it's, kind, <laughs> well, of, yeah. it's kind of the, the um, rule, I think. I'm, I'm looking at the picture now. It looks great. Yeah. I love I loved the red. I, and, and I didn't remember that at all. This was this was 98, it looks like. It was, it was I believe, the, the years we had it was 96, 97, 98, 99, uh, 95 through 99, I believe. Yeah. You got the you got the the pen in the pocket. I mean, you, this is a this is a great picture of you. Sure it's a show. It's a show good. look. It's a show look. Yeah. So those for those that don't know, you you came out of the closet publicly in 2014. So you're the first openly gay umpire. It says, but you got to be the first openly gay person on a major league baseball field during play, like players and umps. I would. Well, I, 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 I was uh, I was the first uh, uh, male official in the top five sport, active male official in the top five sports. Uh, to come out, we there's been uh, Dave Pallone came out after he was left the, the National League, uh, you know, when he re was retired. Uh, the first female was a few months before me, uh, 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 Charlotte Palmer, NBA official. She she had come out, I think, that August or that summer of 14. But um, yeah, you know, it, I, I my story was I figured out who I was when I was like 19 years old, and I and I. Um, and so it was one of those things that I just remember it was just like, oh, I get it. I see it. You're gay. All right. So now what are you going to do about it? You know, I mean, and, and I, I just told myself, you know, uh, as an umpire, you don't have a lot of a nuance. You're either out or safe. It's not like, oh, he's out. But the tag was kind of late, but that throw was good. But the slide, but, you know, I don't have time to do all that. I, you know, it's umpire brain all the exactly. time. I like it. <laughs> exactly. It's, 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 you know, it's out or safe, fair or foul, you know, you know and, 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 and so when I realized who I was and, and that I was gay, I looked myself in the mirror and said, okay, what are you going to do about it? Because I, I swore that day that I'm not going to live my, I'm going to look in the mirror every day and lie to myself and, and lie, you know, and, and, and have a girlfriend or have a wife and be in a marriage that, that, that isn't true. Uh, I just wasn't going to do that. Now, I realized also um, that I had to, what I call play the game. I, you know, I, I also realized I may not lie to myself, but I'm going to have to lie to a lot of people, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, this was 1979 and, and, and so, uh, things were a lot different then, obviously. Uh, uh, so, so that was, that was my story. So I went to umpire school in 81, you know, I went through the minor leagues. Uh, I went, you know, I went through, you know, the, the big leagues. It wasn't until, it wasn't until, uh, about 98 or 99 uh, in spring training uh we were at this uh, little uh bar in tempe that, that we uh, a lot of umpires go to minor league umpires and you know just kind of a place we go and um uh, and I, didn't, I didn't know umpire bars exist no, oh, yeah. <laughs> i was just gonna ask where is that bar don't yeah. share it on no here. don't tell the players don't tell Do the players tell the players every once in a while it was a small little place i don't even think it's there anymore but every once in a while a, a, a 
because I was there for a stretch and stuff. A player would wander in and he'd look around and go, I'm outnumbered. I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, actually, I'll give me the name. I'll tell the players. And then I'm, I'm sure these guys will start sending. Let me buy a oh, round yeah. for the old <laughs> yeah, yeah, make, yeah. Sure make sure you tell them it's from me. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. sure they know. <laughs> uh, but anyway, what, one of the guys, Rick Reed, uh, you know, uh, American League umpire, uh, uh, you know, we were sitting kind of on the side BS. And out of nowhere, he said, uh, uh, actually, the first guy was Daryl Cousins. And Rick Reed, later on, but Daryl Cousins said, out of nowhere, he goes, hey, Scotty, he goes, I just want to tell you that uh, I know you got a little bit, a little bit different lifestyle than most of us, but I don't care. You're a great guy. You're a great umpire. I'd walk on the field with you any day. I just wanted you to know that. And I, of course, my defenses go up because, ooh, how do you know that? You know, well, <laughs> it's probably pretty obvious because I, I had the same roommate um, yeah. <laughs> you know, for for a decade. And, uh, you know, what did you do in the offseason? Well, my roommate and I went to Australia. Oh, really? Well, that's normal. But anyway, it was the first time somebody just acknowledged, you know, that, that what was happening. And you know, it took me, I mean, I, I did everything I could through minor leagues, through my first, you know, 15 years in the big leagues to keep that secret, you know, and, and uh, because I obviously early in my career, I thought it would jeopardize my chance of even getting to the big leagues or staying in the big leagues. Uh, and I certainly, um, you know, I mean, you got to remember too, guys, uh, you know, HIV and AIDS was happening in the early 80s and, and this is all through my minor leagues i went to the big leagues in 86 this is all happening now you know and, and that was that was the part because you there's a great article on pinstripe alley that you did an interview with and there i think they do yankee stuff and as yankee people we shouldn't really be showing them but it's a great article i mean and everyone should go read it but that when i when that clicked and you mentioned the 80s and hiv and aids and all that stuff like i was like oh my god like i mean that that yeah. must have just been insanity well it was a it was a tough time to, to be a gay man. I'll tell you yeah. that. I mean, um, and it, because, you know, at first we didn't even know what it was. It was just affecting our community. And, and, and so, you know, I, I lost, I lost friends and I, and I, and I, and I, I, I've seen, and I didn't, I wasn't in San Francisco or New York where it was just a, a, a plague, but, but, but as far as me and baseball, you know, if, if, even if, uh, even if uh, I had a minor league partner or a partner in the big leagues that was, was, very progressive people were scared a little bit they didn't know how it was transmitted they you know they're going to use a bar of soap that i used or you know a towel that i i mean there was a lot of fear out there because nobody really quite knew what was happening um and so you know so there was that stigma that i obviously didn't want out and and that kind of stuff now you got to understand guys at home in portland i was totally open you know i had a ton of gay friends and people you know so it wasn't like i was completely in the closet Mm -hmm. 24 7 it was it was my baseball life that I was which actually is a lot easier because I we don't play in Portland I'm not I'm not we don't have uh, uh, company picnics (laughs) you know where where, where all the umpires get together the only time we're all together is our annual meeting and then a spring training with some of the guys depending on where you're at that's about the only time you're all together you know uh, uh, or you're together with a lot of guys so I could I could I could have that side of me and not be as obvious because you don't have those, uh, you know, things like if if I was working in Portland and that kind of stuff, but it was, yeah, it was, it was one of those things that I just figured that, you know, um, I just, I would have been horrified if if they would have found out. And quite frankly, I don't know what the response would have been back then. Um, but as I gained an experience in in baseball, I I proved myself on the field and, and as a partner, uh, uh, as a good crewmate, 
um, it, you know, it certainly helps that people like you before they find out, <laughs> you know, find out something like that. Um, and so it was in the, like I said, late, late nineties that I got a crew chief job. My first year as a crew chief was 2002. And it was so funny. Uh, we opened in San Francisco and it was a day game. And so, uh, you know, I worked the plate as the crew chief after the game, we went to Morton's to have dinner and, and I'm working with Jimmy Joy. Show dinner. That's a show dinner. <laughs> it's a yeah. show dinner. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> Spend a little of that per diem. And uh, <laughs> plus we do the bartender. We've got a couple of drinks. Uh, but uh, we, uh, I'm, my crew was Jimmy Joyce, Jeff Nelson, and, and Ron Culpa. And I had worked the All-Star Game with Culpa in, in the year before. And, and Culpa knew, you know, and he was one of the guys. That, but anyway, we're at dinner and <laughs> Culpa goes, all right. I can't handle this. The, the elephant in the room. We're going to be together all season. I want to bust balls like everybody else. Chief, we know you're gay. Just open up, and so we can all have some fun, you know. And I think I think uh, Jeff Nelson did a spit take, you know. And, 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 and I and I think uh, Jimmy Joyce grabbed the wine ball and just started drinking like this. Um, but but it, it really what it did is it opened it all up. It just it, yeah. you know so, yes, and we, and, and it, I'm glad Ron did it because it was kind of like they were on uh, eggshells. They, they didn't want to offend me if they said something or blah blah blah, you know. And of course I wasn't. You know, it's weird, guys, because, you know, you're, I don't know if you're all married, but you, you, we would go, you know, we'd work during the season, we get a week off. So we have a week off, and, and now we come back after, hey, what'd you guys do? Oh, uh, wife and I took the kids to the coast, or, the, you know, we did this. That. And, you know, I always, oh, you know, I took the, I had a black lab. I took, you know, I, I you know, I, I, you, you really can't, you really couldn't share sure your your life uh, because yeah. you had this 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 wall that you were you didn't want anybody to penetrate and and, and i know that sounds you know kind of trivial but it, it does it, it takes something out of you because you, you can't you know these are guys that i really like that i work with uh, you know uh, and, and stuff and, and and i just felt like i couldn't be me and so it, it's a big relief when you're able to just yeah be who you are you know um and, and so it, it was uh, it was a progression, but but everybody, you know, and, and Park Avenue. When I came out in fourteen, uh, Park Avenue knew. I mean, they all. In fact, Mike and I, before we could be legally married, we were domestic partners, so he could be on my insurance and that kind of stuff. Yes. He even he even had a spouse card from MLB ID card, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so so you know, they, it was not a bombshell to them. When I, when I came yeah. Hey, what about story. what about players? I mean, obviously, you know, umpires, and you're saying you share personal lives, and you're traveling, and you have, uh, you know, your roommate. What about players? Was that ever was, was it, it ever something that came to uh, fruition or it, or anything? It, it's funny. I came I came out publicly in December of 2014, so it was you know a few months before any baseball was going to be played, and uh, I wasn't really sure what if any. Uh, you know, reaction would be uh, once we got going. My very first spring training game on the very first, you know, like early, early March, um, in uh, in Goodyear, Arizona, it was it was the Reds and the uh, and the Indians. And uh, so Marlon Byrd, a longtime outfielder for several mm -hmm. different organizations, he was with Cincinnati, and I, you know, I'd known him, you know, Marlon for a long time. And like after the second inning, I'm, I'm standing over there by third base and he's going to the third base dugout and he comes running in from left field. He goes, Dale. And he comes up and he gives me a big bear hug and he, he whispers to me, Dale, I'm so proud of you. You're free, buddy. You're free. And I'm like, 
wow, you know, I didn't see that coming. I did. I said, thanks, you know, thanks, Marley. I, I still got to call you on a check swing. You know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, he, it was, it was, you know, I thought that was really, really cool of him to, to say that. And, and, and one other player that game, or that day, that game, when they were leaving after the fifth inning, when all the veterans go, <laughs> see up, I'm like, and all the guys that have three numbers coming up, <laughs> play. Uh, but uh, uh, Joey Votto of the Reds, as he's walking by, he just said, Dale, congratulations, man. I'm really proud of you. And he, you know, what's it? That was two players. I had the rest of that season, I had one other player, one base coach, and one trainer. That's it. And it was all positive, but I mean, that was the only people that even mentioned it. And it was funny because when I, when I came out and had interviews and all this stuff, I said, I, I, I really believe that once we got, get going again, the players and managers and media and everybody else, they're just going to want me to get pitches and plays right. They could really care less <laughs> yeah. about, you know, about my personal life. And, and frankly, either, you know, because it was a few months before baseball, either people just had forgot or it was like I had hoped business as usual. Yeah, I, I remember the story coming out, and I think that's kind of how everyone felt, like, happy that you didn't have to, you know, kind of walk around and not being your, you know, your full self in the baseball world. I think everyone was just accepting of it, and like you said, it was like, let's game on, man. Just, let's, let's get back to but, work. Right, because, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I could I could be the, uh, the, 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 the biggest uh, heterosexual in the world. If I'm missing pitches and plays, you're, gonna, you're not going to be happy about it, yeah. okay? Uh, but yeah, let me ask you, Trevor, I, I mean, obviously not outing anybody, but I, I assume you've played with gay uh, teammates either in the minor leagues or the big leagues, or maybe you didn't know about it or at the time, or maybe maybe not. Maybe you didn't know of anybody. I don't know. but I, I, I have never had anyone that's been um, openly out. Um, definitely guys who, like, I kind of, like, have my suspicions, but that's right. their prerogative of when they want to share it with everybody. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, you have to assume that throughout my career, there's, I've definitely played with guys that uh, are homosexual and I wish they could come out and just be themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and, uh, as a, as a, as a leader in the clubhouse, you just want guys to feel like as, as a safe space, you come and do your job and that we, you know, if you're able to be yourself, you're going to play to the best of your ability right? instead of having to hide something, whatever. So, you know, unfortunately it didn't really, it never happened on any of the teams that I played with. Like I said, I've had some suspicions every now and then, but not, nobody ever, right. you know, came out, you know, in the clubhouse and, and said that, but I, but I assume that eventually we'll hear stories and oh yeah, I played with that guy. And I remember, well, that. you know, uh, Billy Bean, who, who, yep, uh, yep. uh, he, he, uh, when he came out to a uh, Brad, Brad Osmus, I think was, uh, I think he was in this wedding and I mean, they were really good friends when they played yeah. and stuff. And of course, he came out after the fact, after he was done playing all that stuff. And I remember he, Billy telling me that, that uh, uh, Brad said, why didn't you, dude, why didn't you tell me? I, you know, you're my brother, man. You know, I would never. But see, you don't know that. You, you, just, well, yeah. you know, it, it's not like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not, you know. So it's, it's, it's like, it's like when, when you tell somebody I'm gay and they go, there's a bad reaction you go i'm just kidding i just want to see what you yeah. do <laughs> i mean you 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 know people that i had come out to throughout the years in different you know baseball non-baseball whatever um uh you know a lot of times i thought oh i i'm trying, sure it'll be good with it but you never quite know you know you never quite know until it's there until it's out yeah. there and, and and so but you know as i've gotten older also um and and 
and you know, Mike and I had legally married the year before I came out publicly, and that was one of the reasons I did. I thought this is ridiculous. We fought so hard to get this, uh, you know, to get the right to marry, and now I am married, and I've been with the, the same guy since '86. And 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 who am I hiding? I, I mean, you know, frankly, I came to the point where after I came out, if 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 you got a problem with this really pretty much your problem it's not mine yeah I yeah i love the the reaction of ron copa and that story you <laughs> yeah. first of all yeah. that's a that is a cast of characters right there the four of you together that's a great crew <laughs> yeah and if there was to be one guy to say something like that it would be ron copa absolutely because he <laughs> speaks his mind it doesn't matter if you know whatever day you're having if you talk to ron he's going to tell you what he thinks it's it doesn't matter. ron has no filter <laughs> you know, so honestly i i would assume than a lot of clubhouses, if there was uh, a player to come out and to open up, that's the reaction that a lot of guys would have, or like want to, like, yeah. all right, dude, like, I'm ha like, we're happy for you, that you know. I was gonna ask we you. Just, that. We just want, we just want to have that, that you know, that true relationship, you know. Well, I don't it, think anybody would have a problem. With well, it, it, Ron, Ron's whole thing, and, and I love Ron to death. He's such. A, you know, we worked together several years. And Ron's, Ron's whole thing was, you know, I want to bust balls, man. I want to, yeah. if, if we're out having a beer and hey, what do you think of that guy? You know, or so, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, he wanted to, he wanted to have just like, just like you, as players do and umpires do um, throughout, a, throughout a season. And, so, and that's the whole reason why he said, let's just throw this out here. Let's not play yeah. this, you know, it was opening day for God's sake. Let's, that's awesome. Let's, it's let's, really funny he did that. I could just, I yeah. really can imagine him saying that. Yeah. I mean, if you know Ron at all, <laughs> it, it, that's classic Ron, you know? <laughs> yeah. But you know, you were, you were saying Coming out is a very, very personal decision. And um, in a perfect world, everyone would come out and you would be amazed how many people that you deal with, you know, at, at the grocery store, at the sporting goods store, whatever, whatever they, they, that you have no idea that, you know, that is gay or, or uh, but, but I do understand how personal of a decision that is. And, and I, you, you can't just, the only, the only time, the only time that I think someone should be outed is if it's a, somebody like a politician or somebody that votes against every gay thing in the world that they're gay. That, that, yeah. that to me is just too uh, hypocritical. Which has happened. Which has which happened. happened, yes. Yeah. Yes. A couple yeah. different times. Yes, yes. Nice. That we know of. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, did, I did misspeak earlier. Glenn Burke was the first openly gay baseball player and also invented the high five. So two pretty cool things. Wow. Yes. And wow. uh, he came out to his team and I think he got eventually uh, blackballed in a way. Right. And he played in the gay softball league, and he would just kick all the firemen and the policemen's asses in San Francisco. <laughs> that's, that was that's the true. story. That, that is true. Yeah. And he was, and and and, and that's why I was uh, interested in what, what Trevor was saying as far as the clubhouse, you know, now versus the clubhouse 20, 25 years ago. Um, I remember the topic came up. I don't know why exactly, but it was like in the in the late nineties. I want to say there was a couple. Uh, relief pitchers uh, i remember one for detroit I, I forget his name but he came out you know in an interview he said i would have a real problem with it i'd have a real problem being in the, in the clubhouse with a gay dude and and i don't think that was the overall thought by everybody but I, you still that that in your mind you say you know people it's just not right and 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 you know athletics is such a different thing you're, you're you're in locker rooms together and that kind of stuff it's not like you're just at the office and then you go home yeah. or, or whatever so uh it, it you know there's there's different things but i I'm, I'm i really am hopeful and and uh will be thrilled when a player does come out at some point um and, and not not so much you know it's going to be a whirlwind at first and whatever but it, that opens up the door for 
for, for down mm-hmm. road. And I'm not saying baseball's full of a bunch of gay guys. What I'm saying is, though, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it is so important to be true to yourself. And mm-hmm. I've learned that there's, there's, there's so many uh, gay teens and stuff, suicides. There's so many people that uh, – let me – if I can give you a quick story – when, yes. when I came, when I came out in, in 2014, I got a ton of emails um, and they were all positive and they're from all around the world. Uh, and, 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 you know, 98%, 99% of them, I didn't know who these people were, but I, I, I got one from a, from a young man in uh, the LA area. who was a senior in high school. He umpired baseball. He was gay. He was not out his goal. He wanted to be a major league umpire. And ironically, I was his favorite umpire. Um, yes, yes, we do have fans. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, uh, um, wait a minute, hold on, hold on. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get, that's another one. We'll get to that later. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait, he said you were his favorite, uh, uh, favorite umpire before you came out. Right, right. Just because he was an umpire that I guess he had good gaydar. I don't know. But, but, oh, but, that's hey, that's hey, strike three. Like the drop step, the drop yeah. step in the punch. And the, yeah. and, and the red shirt. So yes. uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And so uh, I get a, I get an email from him and he said, he said, uh, you know, I, I, my, my goal in life, I, I want to be a major league umpire. And I never thought I would have the opportunity because I'm gay. But now I know if I don't make it, it's because I don't have the talent, but it's not because of who I am. That's pretty powerful, you know. Yeah, that, yeah. that's pretty powerful. And uh, he he asked uh, when I next time I was doing the Dodgers if we could have lunch. We did. I, I I met up with him and had lunch. It was about a week before he graduated high school. Uh, great kid. Um, uh, about two months later in August, right before he was going off to college, I was back in L.A. We had lunch. I said, Hey, by the way, how did uh, how did graduation go? I, I you know I see last time you ever graduated. He goes, Oh, it went great. I came out to everybody that night. <laughs> And I went, <laughs> I went, oh, 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 really? He goes, just because of you, too. And I, I, I said, uh, there you go. I yeah. said, well, how did, you know, how did that go? And he goes, yeah, pretty well. You know, I mean, I mean yeah. you know, but, but I, I love that story because I don't know how many people might coming out touched or affected or, or, or whatever. That's one that I do know of. And, 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 and it, just the fact that he can say, uh, you know, I, I know now that it's not me holding me back. My, I may not have the talent to be there, but it's not because of who I am. That, that's big. Yeah. And I mean, that's just the ripple effect of, I'm sure then him coming out that night inspired some classmate that, right. you know, yeah. hadn't thought about it and all that. So, I mean, I, I would you, have you become a safe haven and obviously don't say anyone, but like are, I'm, I'm guaranteed, I'm guessing minor leaguers and players or there have been people within baseball that have, uh, reached out to you, and I think in the article you said you've kind of become a coach of sorts for for people. Well, it, 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 yeah, um, I, I not so much in professional baseball. I've I've had uh, I've had one uh, working trainer who's uh, in the closet, and again, you know, you're wrapping ankles and, and, and giving massages and whatever, and I can see where guys might be a little uncomfortable if they, you know, if, I mean, they, they shouldn't be, but I can see where that. I don't know. That's. I wouldn't feel uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. wrapping my ankles, massaging me. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just part of the game. That's, yeah, and, and you know, trainers. Well, I do, definitely can't speak for everybody. Right, right, and, tra- and trainers do that all the time. But all of a sudden, if a guy knows, well, that's a gay trainer. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, again, I think you know they're professionals. They're doing their job. Yes. It's, it's 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 what they do. But um, but I've had I've had some I've had a couple you know, a couple minor league umpires that have uh, that have contacted me. Um, some are. Some are still in the game. 
a couple of them are still in the game, but, and, and, and uh, most of the other ones, there's about five or six of them, and most of them haven't, uh, are out of the game. Um, and then I've had a lot of amateur umpires, uh, you know, college and high school, and, and that have just contacted me. And, um, just, just, um, you know, just, just sometimes maybe just for somebody to for any, lend an ear that, that understands yeah. maybe what they're, what's, what's, what they're going through. All those emails I got when I came out, I mean, I, I you know, uh, non sporting world, you know, police, fire, uh, 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 doctors, lawyers that that aren't out, but they said, "Well, I'm one step closer because of your article, or because of you, you know." And thank you very That's much. That's really cool. And then I had a ton. I, I had a ton of official soccer, football, baseball, basketball, uh, just again saying that you know they're they're close. They're not quite there yet. The, you know they were they were very uh, encouraged by. Uh, by my story and stuff. So if, if it helps, I hope it does. It, it sure freed me up uh, uh, and, and made me feel like I, I'm, I went full circle. I, I'm, I am who I am. And, um, and, and, it, and it was very nice to know that there really wasn't, I didn't have any player or manager. I didn't have, I didn't hear it. Now I'm not saying it didn't have it, but I never heard any fans say anything derogatory during that. I had one, How about I had that? one guy in Atlanta ride my, rear at third base all game uh but it was all about um oregon duck football and how bad the pac-12 was ah. <laughs> uh, as an sc fan i can tell it's true Fair game. the pac-12 needs to step it up oh oregon's gonna be good this year i'm telling you we say that all the time but then you run into the sec buzzsaw every we barely <laughs> barely lost to auburn last year i, I know i know nine I know. seconds yeah. left i was there <laughs> That game was something else. Oh. That's 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 a tough one for the the duck faithful. Right oh there. man, it was a shot to the heart. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go ducks! Still, so he was, he was justified in riding you about the ducks. He was. Yeah. He was. I, one of the funny emails I got was, uh, "I am shocked and appalled that Dale Scott came out as a duck fan." <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then the next line was, but it makes a lot of sense with all the uniform changes. <laughs> yeah, <that's good. laughs> and it was good. Oh, that that's was good. That's yeah. pretty good. You got yeah. Be witty with yeah. the with with the yeah. <laughs> border fake hate mail. Um, Dale, you're awesome. We do we do have to start uh, kind of wrapping up a little bit. And I man, what what you just said is some powerful stuff, and uh, your impact on people that. You know, I think people just forget sometimes, like, when someone says, oh, I didn't think I could be an umpire because I'm gay, and it's like, that's that's crazy, and that's part of the reason I hope that you didn't hear from too many people on the field after that point was exactly what you were saying, and that's, I mean, that's part of the reason why I love sports. I don't care if you're gay, I don't care if you're black, I don't care if you're Latino, I don't care, male, female, I don't care. Like, let's play the game. Right. <laughs> like, let's line it up by the rules. So, right. thank you for that, and uh, uh, another just final anecdote from me, my, uh, uh, my girlfriend, I'm bragging to you, Dale. I have a girl. No, um, my <laughs> uh, she, uh, beard, uh, beard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Still love you, Jake. Uh, uh, a lot of well, no, a lot of people always ask me and Jimmy and a lot of our old school fans, and they'll be like, "How do they deal with you guys?" Blah blah. blah. Like, do they like baseball? Blah, blah blah. And my girlfriend, she's not a big baseball fan, but you know, she she puts up with enough to to hang around me. And one day, you know, it it, it came up and. You know, just in normal conversation, she was like, well, how many gay players are there right now? And that was kind of one of those moments for me that, like, you just, you absorb and you don't think. And it's yeah. like, run the numbers, people. You know, there's 750 players per team, more, or, or in the league. Right. And, you know, over the history, there's 20,000 baseball players. Like, 
put put it together. So I I hope yeah. we can uh right. help help make everyone more comfortable. Because uh, when you take a step back, it's like man, we we just kind of missed it. Yep. Well, we'll have to have you on again because there's tons of more questions. I, I yes. We can do a full uh, album review on Joe West's country yes. album if you want. Oh uh, <laughs> no, no Joe West. No. <laughs> uh, I will say you have, a, you have a very extensive Wikipedia page, a lot of accolades throughout your career um, in Major League Baseball, and now you can add on to it maybe the most prestigious award or – I don't even know what to call it. You're the first repeat guest on Talking Baseball. Well, it's a big deal. That's it's a, a big deal. That's a big deal. I'll be looking for the plaque in the mail. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just real quickly thank you uh, for having this topic, uh, the pride topic. Uh, I think it's important. Um, I know maybe a lot of baseball fans just want to talk about baseball, and that's fine too. But 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 I appreciate you giving me that the chance to talk to you guys about that. I really do. Of Thank course, you, we man. love it. We got to have you back once yeah. baseball starts. Well, you're the, our new umpire. Yeah, the expert. first controversial call, you're back. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, I'll, I'll be ready. Like uh, Mike Ferreira, but Dale Scott for baseball. Right, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Perfect. And there you have it. Like we said, he's the best. Got that booming radio voice. I still want to ask him. Be honest. The zone expands on a three zero pitch, and here what his response is. Yes. But we've zero uh, for two now. I've went into both interviews wanting to ask that question. Yeah. We'll get him next time. That drop step, man. Yeah, That's it's a good strike three. I, I mean, I felt bad because I was on my phone, but I was you, when you said you looked it up and saw it, Trev, I had to look it up and see it. Yeah, and he did the unthinkable. He made me like Ron Copa. So. <laughs> Ron Copa's the first breakdown that got millions of views for me when he told oh, yeah. he told AJ Hinch, I can do whatever I yeah, want. That's exactly what Ron Copa will tell you. It doesn't matter. He just Even if he's wrong, he's right. All right. That is an awesome story by Ron Copa. Yeah, so Ron... Like it, re- it really paints him in a better light. I forgive you for all the bad calls against me. Yeah. And it's funny. And, and that's kind of like I had, like, you know, we've had friends come out of the closet. I have cousins coming out of the closet. And it's so much... It's such a breath of fresh air. Like, I had a really good old old friend, and he was so sensitive uh, when, like, whenever we would bust balls. And once he came out of the closet, it was just like, oh, okay, well, now I'm going to, like, you know, yeah. we can bust balls about this. The same way Dale was saying Culpa wanted to do, and it just blossomed the friendship because now it was like, where I actually know everything about you, and um, you know it was really cool. So I, that's a cool story about Culpa. And, and, and on the other side of that is, is the Culpa side of you know kind of the intimidating the guy from the breakdown who's yelling like I'm the boss, but guess what? You can you can still kind of have that tough guy, whatever you want to call that personality, and still be a real person and have feelings and about your friends and people and people you don't know either. So, yep. Look at that. Cool. Talking baseball. Be yourself people. We love you. Mm. Yes. All right. Thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back in a couple days with another episode. Hopefully we start previewing some baseball. Should be fun. Goodbye. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. 
Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.